Hi, I'm Spencer. And I'm Blake. And you're, you're about, about to, to get, get jumped. jumped. Welcome to episode 172 of Blake and Spencer Got Jumped, a weekly podcast where we watch the anime so you don't have to. But you should still totally watch the anime. This week on Get Jumped, we're watching Yu Yu Hakusho episode 72 through 74, where Yusuke is going to punch you in the face with a straight right hook, but stop just before hitting your nose. The bullet is made out of pencil eraser, and the doctor will kill you now. I mean, when you're thinking to yourself, maybe I should go to the doctor, and the doctor might kill you. Maybe, just maybe, you should invest in an apple orchard, because they say that doctor's worst enemies are apples. They say if you keep an apple by your bed, a doctor won't fly in through the window in the middle of the night, trying to lure you away to become its doctor bride. But instead, and you can throw the, magic. You can throw the apple at them, and they will burst into flames. This is just science, everybody. <laughs> Let's just jump in. William Spencer, science corner. <laughs> All right, so um, uh, we're it back. It is weird. I didn't notice. I didn't notice until just this moment that it's weird to be making a joke about a doctor killing you at a time when people are literally like anti-doctor. Yeah, um, but you know, I didn't think about it, and this is about a doctor trying to kill somebody. So here, here we are. Yeah, I have a lot of controversial opinions about that, and I don't think I should say any of them. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Blake. <laughs> Huh? So, uh, what's in the news for you this week, Blake? Uh, I I don't think I've had any news come across my desk. There's been a lot of stuff about Cowboy Bebop. Everybody's talking about Cowboy Bebop live action, which is great. I think it's gonna be I think it's gonna be well watched. Uh, I am still feeling like everything I've seen makes it look like it's gonna be good. Also, um. I don't know. I got excited about Wheel of Time this week, but that's not particularly anime. Uh, I downloaded Pokemon TV onto my television. That's that's fine. That's a good thing to put on randomly when you don't want to watch anything in particular. Uh, it's free. Uh, so that's a hey, that's actually a really good suggestion if you have like young kids that like Pokemon. Pokemon TV has like three seasons of the anime on it, and one of the movies, and I think one of the like mini series. So it's not like all of Pokemon by a long shot, but it's a, a pretty decent amount of Pokemon if your kids, if you just want to like be like, watch Pokemon. <laughs> so that's cool. But yeah, I don't, all of the news that I've gotten lately has pretty much just been more people talking about whether or not Cowboy Bebop is going to be good based on a picture. Yeah, and I'm I, I keep on getting annoyed by the fact that people are just like, oh, I've seen these pictures. It's either going to be great or it's going to be terrible because of pictures. You don't know. Pictures don't mean anything. <laughs> like, yeah, we've seen tons of people say... that are in good cosplay before, and it doesn't mean yeah. that those people, when they open their mouths, are good at being that character. That's not how yeah. cosplay works. That's not how anything works. I am of no. the belief right now that expectations for this can be set at record lows and then be surprised afterwards. So I just, I, I want to put everybody at that level. I have already set my expectations too high 
and I feel like I'm going to be let down. So don't don't be like me, everybody. Don't don't do it. Don't fall into that trap. You know, you know what is working for me, and and we'll see if this bears out once the show actually comes out. But what's working for me is that I think Cowboy Bebop the anime is such a specific thing. It it holds a special place in anime because to me it doesn't feel like a lot of the anime that I've seen. It has a you know movie style quality, even though it has its own movie that is of even higher quality. But like the show itself is at the same quality as a lot of movies of shows that I like. It it's telling a different kind of story and in a different way than what I'm used to when I watch anime. And, uh, you know, I also, when I first watched it in, in high school, I didn't get it. I caught a few episodes on Adult Swim. I was like, I don't see what all the fuss is about. And then I finally returned to it a few years later and I really enjoyed it. And then re rewatching it for this show, you know, what have we been recording this for four years now? So watching it four years ago, it was really, really sort of transcendent where it was like, no, I'm not just watching it to finally watch it. I'm watching it because it's a thing that I like, the thing that I think is good, and I'm intending to watch it with a, a little bit more of a critical eye. I know we're not necessarily critics, but we do break into criticism sometimes. And so, you know, watching it in a different way for our show was really, really sort of transcendent because it was like I really was intentionally and purposefully soaking in what worked and what didn't work about it. And almost everything works and works exceedingly well. And, um, and so for me, Cowboy Bebop has this, like, this pedestal in my mind as being not only a great anime, but a somewhat unique anime. You know, I think of other really excellent stories, um, and, and stories that have, like, real sort of adult, um, uh, like, issues that adults can, can relate to, um, that type of, like, genre, um, something that's maybe like a little higher stakes, a little more dramatic um, than, I don't know, Dragon Ball Z is always my, my little hanging fruit here, but that's generally speaking from a plot standpoint, it's pretty simple, right? Like there's a big strong dude and we got to fight the big strong dude. And there's usually some stuff around that to make each one feel a little different than the last one. But that's, that's sort of what it is. Whereas you get something like Cowboy Bebop where they're dealing more with various different stories every week or something like Full Metal Alchemist where you're dealing with this sort of like magical myth arc sort of dark fantasy thing over time but when you look at those those anime Cowboy Bebop just seems to stand out to me like as something different and I'm I'm not saying there's nothing like it but I'm saying that in my personal experience it stands alone um and I I would love for that to change because I think Cowboy Bebop is special but I don't think I don't think it needs to be unique in order to continue being special. Um, and I, I'm enjoying one of the things I like about the Monday episodes is I'm enjoying being exposed to more different types of anime. But uh, all this is a long way of saying that to me, Cowboy Bebop is this sort of unique experience. And strangely, because of the way that I related to the show, I am excited for the Cowboy Bebop live action adaptation but I also personally am not currently, and again, we'll see if this bears out, but I'm not currently worried that it's going to step on the toes of my anime because I'm like, it's not anime, you know, it's live action. Like Cowboy Bebop to me doesn't feel like, like what, what we in the anime community were used to taking what's on the manga and making it animated and just turning it from 
static pictures into moving pictures, turning it from black and white into color. But what we what we're used to as, you know, comic book fans or book readers or what have you in the West is having our thing adapted and having things change and seeing what is retained and what's not retained and arguing over whether or not something should have been changed or whatever thing is quintessential to us and how they did or did not do it correctly. And so I've always sort of been of the impression that this is going to be that second thing, but I've also been of the impression that that's correct for Cowboy Bebop, that if you try to do a shot for shot remake of Cowboy Bebop, that you will, that that is wrong, that that is a a misstep that is doomed to failure because the original Cowboy Bebop is of such high quality already that you cannot match it. And that instead, what you need to do is take these characters, take these situations and remix them or put the characters in new situations. And so that's what that's kind of what I'm hoping. If it is a direct remake, I don't think it will succeed and I don't think it will have been the correct choice. Um, So I'm what I'm hoping is that that means I'm somewhat inoculated against the comparison disappointment. And as it stands, it looks like it's going to be a really cool space Western with an actor that I really like in the lead role. And so I'm pretty pumped. Yeah. I have uh, a spider it, in my window that's trying to get a bug. Oh God. What spider is time. happening with you? <laughs> it's, on, it's on the window and there's a bug over here and the spider's like trying to get closer, but the bug is all flying. Oh, we got him. Oh, nature. <laughs> Anyways. Cool. Uh, also at the same time, I, I saw this thing about how uh, John Cho had, gone through like the same uh the the same training regimen that kamel nanjiani went on to to get Ah. into insane shape for that movie that's coming out what is it the the eternals the eternals man that movie (laughs) i don't (laughs) i don't know if it's going to be good or terrible and the biggest reason why is that it's got all of these different big name actors that I'm like, did you just say to your agent, put me into the next superhero movie? I need to be in a superhero (laughs) movie because I swear to God, it feels like that. When I saw that lineup of people that was going to be in this movie, I was just like, some people I'm excited to see in it. And some people I'm like, stop doing movies, Angelina Jolie. (laughs) I think, I think I have the opposite. I think, well, okay, so so I, I will say I am excited about The Eternals almost entirely because it is a Marvel property. I'm a Marvel fanboy. I'm becoming a bigger Marvel fanboy by the movie. Uh, it just totally works for me. I, I know some people are done with it, but I'm not, and I'm not, I'm not going to be. So uh, I really love these movies. I really love that they're continuing to build on each other. Uh, I haven't seen Shang-Chi yet, but I'm so fucking pumped about that because I'm a big fan of Simu Liu from Kim's Convenience. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I can I can attest I to it also, being very good. Rashad also can yeah, attest to it being things. very good. Who? Rashad has been talking about how good it is, too. Oh, hey, Rashad, miss you. Um, so uh, I uh, I um, yeah, I, I'm excited about these movies in general because uh, I think other than a few missteps, I didn't think Doctor Strange or Ant-Man were particularly good. And there's, you know, the watching some of the early movies feels really different nowadays that the stories have gotten a little more different and a little more complex, and a little more creative. But for the most part, I like all of them. And uh, I think that they have in general been on a an upward curve of quality and storytelling. 
as we're getting more and more exciting and different uh, and adventurous sort of stories that are that are being told. So I'm I'm in general really really into that universe. I'm also uh, I read about two Marvel comics every day because I have a Marvel Unlimited subscription. So I'm learning more and more about the backstories that they're they're pulling from. Uh, so I'm I'm really just like deep 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 in it, and I I love all of that. And all of that to say, I have not, as far as I know, I have not yet met any Eternals in the comics. I don't know anything about these characters, um, and so and I think the trailers are doing a lot to try and keep the characters close to the chest. Like when you watch the trailer, I. I don't know who these characters are and I watched the trailer and I still don't know who they are. Um, so that I think if it were a different property, I would feel like, I don't know that I'm going to go see this, but because it's Marvel, I know I'm going to go see it. And because it's Marvel, my expectations have been set that I'm going to enjoy it. Uh, but based on the trailer alone, I, I'm not uh, there, but as to the actor thing, I think if I'm understanding correctly, the concept of the Eternals is that they are like big names, but behind the scenes. And so I think them getting a lot of big name actors might be an intentional choice to be like, look, these, you know, these are real world recognizable people playing in this fictional universe, playing these sort of like, you know, big name characters that have been hiding in the shadows. And so like, I think adding that pomp and circumstance to them might be a sort of meta decision as a as a sort of like commentary on who the like the role that the Eternals play in the universe, even if they've been playing it secretly or maybe not playing it for a while and, and trying to do a Watcher-esque kind of not getting involved type of situation. Um, and, you know, also from a more cynical capitalism standpoint, they probably really needed to sell tickets to this weird team that they're trying to keep close to the chest like oh i don't know who any of them are but i really like camille nanjani so i guess i'll go yeah well uh all that being said with our marvel chat uh let's go ahead and get into these actual episodes that we covered this week and uh what happened previously on yu yu Hakusho? um well yu yu Hakusho focuses on a kid named yusuke Hirameshi. he's in middle school or high school he's like 14 or so 15 maybe uh he gets killed and then the afterlife is like oh you got killed doing a good deed and we thought you were kind of a bad guy and now we don't know what to do so we're gonna give you a series of tasks to uh give you the chance to come back to life he completes those tasks and uh when he comes back to life he finds out that he now has the ability to see like demons and spirits and stuff like that and the afterlife is like that's so convenient because we want you to be our afterlife detective now and you uh you work for us so he he has to start fighting off these demons and he becomes what's called a spirit detective um this leads him to a woman named genkai who is a well-known renowned um spiritual martial artist i guess if you will you know she's she's powerful and she does cool things with her energy that you you know people do in anime and so she's one of those and Yusuke becomes her protege and uh they end up going through a series of battles uh and in in their most recent arc that we have completed it's called the dark tournament arc there was a a bad guy that wanted to create a tunnel to the real world uh or to the human world or whatever it is from the demon world and just to he was like I think that maybe chaos is more uh, correct than not chaos so let's make a tunnel to 
between the demon world and the human world and let's just smash our toys together and see what happens uh because he was because his team was defeated at the dark tournament he was like i'm gonna take the l i'm gonna blow myself up you know how it is and uh so he did that but unfortunately it turns out that somebody else wants to create the tunnel project and um and so they're trying to tunnel into the human world and yusuke and genkai and their their group of, of people are going to go and see uh if they can find who's doing this and stop them um it seems like the tunnel is maybe starting to open but it's sort of slowly opening so like little baby demons are coming out first or something like that there are these bugs called makai insects that that infest areas with a lot of demon demon energy and so they go to the city and there's there's lots of those so i think there is some sort of opening but the basically the barrier is more or less still intact and they want to stop it from going any further um in the meantime after getting back from the dark tournament they found out that some people are starting to develop psychic powers i believe if i'm remembering correctly that is in direct relation to the fact that this portal is starting to open um, so they they encountered a couple of different people that were um, that were going to be uh, it seems like they were going to be antagonists, but it turned out um, that they were going to be protagonists who were just masquerading as antagonists to teach our heroes a lesson. Um, so two of those people are named Kido and Yanagisawa. Um, they again have developed psychic powers, so they are slightly different than Yusuke and his group's powers. Um, the psychics, uh, they, they create what's it called a zone or a, a territory in which they are able to establish sort of some rules by which the things in their territory will behave. And so, um, let me see if I remember this correctly. Keto is, he, he's the one who can step on your shadow and if he steps on your shadow, you're paralyzed. He's kind of like Shikamaru from Naruto. I actually was thinking about this. I was like, oh man, he's really similar to Naruto. And there's another character in this, um, the doctor that we'll get to later, that reminds me of Kabuto. And I'm like, ah, oh, I bet the Naruto creator was a Yu Yu Hakusho fan and consciously or unconsciously remembered these characters when creating Shikamaru and uh, Kabuto. But anyway, so uh, Kido, Kido steps on your shadow and you get paralyzed uh, until he isn't on your shadow anymore. And then Yanagisawa, if he can touch you, he can turn into a perfect copy of you. So perfect that it can even fool magic that is only meant to be related to the person who cast it. And that he can gain the memories of the person he's touched. So he, he sort of fully duplicates you. Um, so there's a couple other people. Uh, Yusuke has quite a few friends that he's picked up along the way that I'm not going to mention directly here. Um, and there's at least one other psychic guy that, uh, that doesn't play a huge role here. But, um, the, the big thing to know is they need to stop this demon tunnel. The psychic people have powers that work in a different way than the powers that we've seen before. Before it's been, I have spiritual powers that might let me do cool things, but more or less I am operating on a sliding scale of amount of power. With the psychic abilities, as we learned recently when Genkai had these psychic guys pretend to be antagonists for Yusuke and his friends, these powers, because they're able to create zones of effect in which specific rules must be followed, you can't always muscle your way past them. 
And so that's going to create an interesting tension as we continue into this arc. Um, and uh, the heroes are going to arrive at this city in order to find out who's making this tunnel starting in episode 72. Yeah, so 72 is going to pick up. It's called uh, The Reader. And this episode is uh, first and foremost going to introduce us to the city that they're going to be inside of. Uh, Demon City Shinjuku. It's not Demon City Shinjuku, <laughs> um, but it is oh, a yeah, city. No tentacles yet. Yeah, yeah. It is a city that is just full of these bad insects. They are they are insects that are also bad, and uh, we yeah. want to deal with all these bad insects. And here's how we're gonna do it. The first thing that we're gonna do is we're gonna basically just. Uh, walk around with all of the insects around us and yeah. did you also have this moment where you were you were kind of watching it and being like uh, that's gross <laughs> like it's really yeah. it's really gross <laughs> it's like uh it's like i don't know if you've ever been walking through a field and you just discover that you've just walked into a clump of gnats yeah uh but it's like that on a much larger scale. But because they're demon insects and you can only see them if you have demon sight, the pretty much everybody in the city is completely unaware of and consequently unfazed by the presence of the bugs. Except and for the so watchers. Group is the just watchers. Huh? So everybody that's able to see them is just like gross. It's just on their hair or it's just like crawling around inside of this person's mouth. So think about it uh -huh. this way. There are mystical bugs that you can't see all around you. And some of them are crawling in your ear right now. Like how much does that creep <laughs> yeah. you out? <laughs> uh, well, you know, you can't change the truth. So, um, so they, <laughs> They're going to split up, and so this is this is the biggest reason why I didn't introduce everybody in Yusuke's group, because Yusuke is going to go with Genkai, and then the new psychic boys, Kido and Yanagisawa, in order to search part of the city, while the other group is going to go the other direction. So if you have been listening along, you will know who's in the other group. Uh, it includes the psychic guy who created the rule about no violence that we talked a lot about last time, as well as Yusuke's regular allies. Um, but they're, they're going to go off and, and look in other places. And so they're not as relevant in this episode. Uh, although I will say that the, the guy, um, the guy with the other psychic guy, whose name I didn't write down because he wasn't relevant in these episodes. Uh, the one with the glasses was like, he, there was this really interesting moment before they split up where they were talking about figuring out the situation based on the information they have before them, which is they know the tunnels being built, they know it's in the city and they see all these insects. And I, I can't remember the details of it, but the guy in the glass, like Karama starts deducing out loud and Karama is sort of the, the smart one of Yusuke's group. Um, everybody else is fighty boys and Karama is thinky boy. And then the glasses psychic guy also is a thinky boy and they have this like back and forth where they're sort of like building on each other's theories. And I was like, man, this is awesome. Like I, I was really uh, not really skeptical, but I was a little skeptical when they introduced a handful of new characters to add to our existing characters and just simply make the group larger. 
And I was like, I don't know, man, like this show has been working with this group. It's not like you can't add more, but you're adding so many more all at once with powers that work in completely new ways. And I just don't know how it's going to fit. And it was really cool because I was like, oh, I feel like there's a different social dynamic now because there's another smart guy. And uh, there was just this lovely moment where it really felt like it was paying off the addition of these new characters. And it made me even more excited about this arc. Um, so this, so anyway, they're going to go off and Yusuke and his group are going to go to a bar. I think because one of the psychics is able to sort of sense psychic energy nearby. So they go into this bar and uh, it, it's got a lot of people in it. They spend a few minutes being like, oh, there's somebody here because they can tell that they walked into a psychic territory but not who who in the bar is um, creating it. And then the guy, there's like a guy sitting by himself, and he's like, it's me that you're after. Uh, he introduces himself as Marota, and it turns out that he is a telepath, which is why he was like, I could hear your thoughts, wondering who it was, and it's me, and I have no fear because I can hear all of your thoughts, and so you can't do anything to me, and that's his whole that's his whole vibe. Yeah, and instead of wanting to maybe steal money from people or go into a life of some kind of crime, instead he's like, I'm going to be a boxer, and I can predict what my opponent is going to do, so I'll never be defeated. And uh, <laughs> that is which is something, <laughs> I guess. It's an yeah. idea. I uh, have the ability to put out fire, and so I will become a dancer, as I always believed. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, here's the other thing: he is going to immediately deal with this uh, one of one of the psychics that's coming after him, and. The reason that he's going to be able to do this is because he's actually going to be able to read minds, and so he is going to be able to predict that this guy has the ability to step on a shadow, so all he has to do is get away from his shadow, um, and that's... And then punch him real hard. Yeah, and then punch him real hard. Um, and Yusuke is going to do that same thing, except for he's going to say the same thing over and over again inside of his head, and uh, he's going to believe that, and he's just like, well, he's only going to give me this one thing, but he's going to stop short of my face. But the thing about Yusuke is that he punches so hard now with so much spiritual pressure that he creates a shockwave after his punch stops. And so it ends up hitting him just as hard or I guess a little bit less hard in the face. And he goes and flies and smashes against the wall. And then yeah, I would say harder. He is blown back by this <laughs> yeah, because he's like, I mean, he's a psychic guy, but he... His psychic abilities is that he, like the other psychics, can create a zone in which his ability is active. And in that zone, he is telepathic. So, like, he's not... I mean, he clearly has a good punch because he obviously is a fan of boxing and he takes out um, he takes out Kido pretty quickly. But, uh, yeah, Yusuke's power is is supernatural. Like, he's, he, he's going to punch right through your soul. So, so Moroda gets knocked out pretty easily. Yeah. Yusuke is on a completely different level. And so afterwards they take Moroda and they're going to be like, Hey, so we need you to work with us because things. And he's like, okay, I guess because of things. And so 
I think because you beat me, I will help you because you're also special like me. Some some version of that. They didn't ever say that. Instead, he is just helping them because of duress. And I, uh, I'm inferring here, but yeah, <laughs> he, they, he may be under duress, but he, uh, I guess the impression that I get from this moment that's coming up here in a second is that he has more or less agreed to help them for whatever reason, insert common anime reasons here. Uh, but he, he's more or less consenting to this happening because of having lost that fight. And then in a moment that is going to shift as he realizes the gravity of the situation. Yeah. The other thing so, that is going to happen immediately after this is that we are going to learn something about his power, which is that he can extend his influence and hear everybody at the same time that is inside of his sphere of influence. And when he releases this out, he is able to hear a whole bunch of people around. There's a stupid, stupid moment that's not very funny where he's predicting or hearing this girl that's about to go make out with her daughter. Not her doctor, but her professor, and they have a dumb nosebleed moment. And then he catches our main villain, who is going to walk past and think about murder and murder and just murder. And uh, murder. Here as, I go killing again. And as soon as he turns his head to look over at Maroda, Maroda is going to take a what looks like a bullet to the forehead and slam backwards oh, yeah. in one of the sweetest moments in Yu Yu Hakusho so far. And yeah. man, this the- is a real this is a real escalation of the situation here when somebody just gets sniped in the nog. Yeah, man, this show this show really turns it up inside of this arc. And we're also going to see that they're going to be turning it up as well inside of the animation quality very, very soon. Um, but oh, uh, yes, we'll we'll see that here, yeah. here in just a minute. This is a, a thing I've said before, but it bears repeating. The Dark Tournament was great. I thought it was the climax of the story before I started planning our episodes and was like, oh, this isn't the last season. This is the midpoint <laughs> Where do they go from here? And every single episode since, of which there have only been about 10, I I didn't look at the exact numbers, but we are very early on into the following arc. And, you know, not a ton has happened. I have just been blown away consistently by how good these episodes are and how, like like I alluded to earlier, and I'm going to mention in the next episode as well, how they're taking the fact that there are different types of powers and the new type of power works differently to create a power escalation that is not simply stronger opponents. Now it is just different opponents. And instead of beating them by force, which was a fun progression that we've already done, now you have to beat them by smarts. uh, And it is just a joy. Mm -hmm. So yeah, Moroda gets shot in the head. Uh, He's fine. Because it turns out that the bullet was actually a pencil eraser, and they deduce that this was not intended to kill him. It was only intended to wound him as a message. Um, that said, when they get him to a hospital, because, I mean, you know, he's not dead, but he did get shot in the head. He's got a big bleeding place on his on his uh, head. They say something about a brain, but I don't know that it actually went into his head because it was a pencil eraser that wasn't designed to kill him. I don't know. Maybe this is a dub change, but uh, that was the impression that I got, that he just got a big, 
like bleeding wound on his forehead. Uh, but they take him to the hospital. Uh, probably a concussion too, right? They take him to the hospital and he he wakes up and he's like, hey, right before I got shot in the fucking head, I got seven code names out of out of the mind of this guy. Those code names are Gatekeeper, Sniper, Seaman, The Doctor, Gourmet, Game Master, and Black Angel. And if and you think boy, that, if you think that Reddit hasn't picked apart <laughs> a thousand times the name Seaman, uh, yeah. you are wrong because they have they, there. There was something different about him. Um, some different like translation option uh, that was listed in the Yu Yu Hakusho wiki, uh, literally translated as sailor. Why did they not call him sailor? Anyways, uh, semen on deck. We've got semen on deck. So uh, <laughs> I'm going to keep making those jokes until he's been dispensed with. Um, but yeah, it's it's just we've, like we've, I we've got semen on deck. <laughs> <laughs> so you know he's not in this episode but he's on deck seaman's on deck so um so what i love one of the one of as i have said many times i am shonen trash i love exciting fights and uh cool powers and along with those things there are other other things that i love and one of those things that i love is being able to anticipate the terrible uh, dangerous characters that we're going to meet. Uh, this is another thing that I think Naruto does really well with the Akatsuki. They set up, hey, there are there is a group of people out there that wear these black robes with red clouds on them. And if you see one of those, you should probably run in the other direction. And that gives you this great moment when you when a character shows up and is wearing one of those robes. You're like, oh, this is a guy that is going to fuck some people up. And you can get you just get this automatic excitement at, at the sight of of them coming around the corner because you know they've already been established as a plot important powerful fighter in the same way i love things like this uh that set up clues to the cool things that you're going to see to come such as these seven names give you an idea that something about their abilities probably gave them each of their nicknames and i wonder what they are uh, you, you also saw this done in what I would say is a bad way in Jojo's Bizarre Adventure um, uh, Platinum Edition. <laughs> I don't remember what's it called. <laughs> Platinum Battle Edition. Of Egypt. Stardust Crusaders. Stardust Crusaders. Jojo's Bizarre Adventure Stardust Crusaders sets up uh, several of their villains as members of a deck of tarot cards. And so they all have those names and their powers in some way tangentially relate to the tarot cards. And then they get to the battle in Egypt portion and they are set up as a series of Egyptian gods. And I love that stuff. I, I did not think that Jojo's Bizarre Adventure did a good job with it, but I, I generally really like that stuff because then you're like, oh, this is the this is semen. I love semen. Um, uh, and uh. what? Why don't you talking about Yu Yu Hakusho. Uh, so, you know, you get you get that like situation where you get to anticipate what's coming and then you get that payoff of being able to see who this who this person is that I've been getting excited about and now I get to see what they can do. 
Yeah. And, uh, and again, I think the reason I didn't like Jojo's Bizarre Adventure, one, I didn't like Jojo's Bizarre Adventure in general, but two, I didn't think that the payoff was very good. I was like, okay, I mean, I guess that's kind of related to what you're talking about, but it really could have been a thousand things. Whereas so far, uh, based off of, of the encounter we're about to get into here in 73, I would agree that the doctor feels like a doctor. Yeah. So uh, the first the first of our, our baddies that we're going to meet is going to be the doctor because they went to a hospital to deal with uh, old getting shot in the head over here. Um, and uh, so he he is going to uh, basically... The first thing that happens is they get inside of the hospital and they realize they are in somebody's territory because they get that like wave of, oh God, we are in a bad this place. Is such a cool visual effect too. Mm, it's like a wash of sepia tone over everything. And uh, <laughs> everybody's just like, oh God, now we're in that weird filter on Instagram. But uh, yeah, it, it, it's cool. It, it's like, from a, from a meta perspective, it's similar to, hey, there are these seven characters you're going to meet, which is, we are in someone's zone. We are currently in danger. Shit is going down, but we don't know what it is yet, and so we are at a disadvantage. And that's yeah. fun. It's just, like, automatically sets up extra tension just by its very, very uh, um, nature of being entering somebody's zone. It's so smart. And, and the thing about this episode is that 73 plays out like a horror movie and it's awesome. Like we're, we're what we're like deeply entrenched in shonen anime, but we're also getting horror movie tropes. It's so cool. I'm having such a good time. Yeah. And uh, here's the other thing. There's the bugs again, except for <laughs> now they're even worse. <laughs> they're Pokemon. Well, these are more Digimon, I guess. <laughs> Or uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! They are bugs, but instead of a proboscis, they have a uh, an injection needle, and they are going to fly around and try to inject people with the sickness. Yeah, they're getting down um, with the sickness. Yeah, so this will... I, uh, you don't learn this right away, but you can infer it, and it is later confirmed. This is part of the zone that the doctor has set up. In his zone, he has uh, mutated or altered the way that the Makai insects work so that they have this disease injection capability. And the disease, when injected, will kill you within a half an hour. So um, it is very dangerous, and several of Yusuke's group get taken out by it, like, instantly. (laughs) They're just like, I think... uh, I think Kido is fine. Uh, he's the shadow stepper. And then Yusuke is fine and Genkai is fine. But uh, Moroda and um, Yanagisawa both get got. So um, they are down. And then Kido, Yusuke, and Genkai are going to split up and go punch bugs out of the air while they try to find figure out how they can find the doctor. And their clue is... They they suspect that the doctor is a code name and that he will be somebody who is not supposed to be in the hospital. Somebody masquerading as a doctor, but who is not actually one. And Akito is going to find out that they are almost correct. Yeah, yeah. So they're going to have to deal with that. Are you distracted? 
yeah sounds in the background (laughs) every once in a while every once in a while i get distracted (laughs) by extra distractions inside of my world anyways yeah uh, um so keto keto goes to find the doctor he's uh he goes what 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 happens i don't remember why he goes into a room with somebody but he he's in there and there's a doctor and there's a nurse and he's like hey i'm looking i think there's somebody on the loose that is as a bad person masquerading as a doctor and so did you see anybody that's not not a doctor dressed up as a doctor and they're like no and then he turns to leave and then the nurse is like, but but this doctor's not supposed to be in until later. Why is he here early? And it's because that's the doctor, and his name's Kamiya. Um, no relation to Taichi from Digimon, probably. And uh and uh so Kamiya immediately kills the nurse by slashing her. Because so his zone, he's got the Makai insects that inject you with the disease. And the disease is also of his creating creation. So the disease is like a magic virus almost. You, it, They don't say this, but you could think of it like this. Like if you can get rid of the zone, you get rid of the virus immediately. Um, but him specifically, he fights. This is why I think that the Naruto creator got Kabuto from him because they fight the same way. He energizes his hands and his hands work almost like scalpels. And so he he slashes the nurse and then as Kido is sort of realizing what's happening, the doctor jukes up behind him and jabs him real fast like uh, like Mei Lin from Avatar and uh, severs his spinal cord so so that Kido just drops like a sack. Uh, and and so he's he's kind of done. But unfortunately, the doctor has somehow made a commotion And now a series of doctors have drawn into the room to figure out how a random bystander became paralyzed. And Yusuke is going to hear a scream and run to see what's going on. There's a dead nurse. There's a paralyzed guy. And there's a couple of doctors. And he's like, okay, something's going on. And uh, I need to figure out where the fucking doctor is. But he doesn't immediately suspect that the doctor is in this room necessarily. Um, until Kido uses a, a special new version of his power, um, which yeah. again, I think might have been a, an inspiration for Shikamaru. <laughs> yeah, it definitely was. It, it, it definitely, definitely was. There's, there's not much confusion about that, honestly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's clear. Yu Yu Hakusho is one of the tentpole shonen series, like, it came out and I believe was completely finished before any of the, the big three started started rolling, but it, it had definitely been out for a while if uh, if it wasn't finished yet. And, you know, it was sort of second wave, you know, Dragon Ball paves the way. I mean, I guess Fist of the North Star, but Dragon Ball paves the way for the sort of like not 80s era, even though it wasn't the 80s. Just go with me here. Dragon Ball paves the way. And then Yu Yu Hakusho comes along and sort of iterates on that in really clever ways and becomes this big, big, big hit. And then Naruto, One Piece, and Bleach start up, and they're obviously following on in this tradition. So it it would be... It would be... You remember when Jeff came onto our show and was talking about how everything is, is Castle in the Sky? It would be like one of those. This has to be the influence. 
Okay, and now we're going into episode 74, Sleep Doctor, sleep, sleep, just go to bed. Anyways, um, Yusuke is going to shoot a spirit gun at the doctor. This happens on the previous episode, and then Yu Yu Hakusho does that thing where it's just like, you remember how you liked that from the previous episode? We're going to show it to you again at the very beginning of this one. And so one of the things he uses his ability to do, the doctor guy, he can also sew back on his arm, and it's... His amount of psychic power is actually ridiculous. He is... Yeah, it's incredible. He is is such a cool character. He can do basically immediate healing. He can turn off his pain receptors. He can uh, pump himself full of adrenaline, so he's a super good fighter. The only... Honestly, the only thing that he's lacking is the ability to have like super strength or like a, a an ability to like shoot a laser or something which would put him over the edge inside of the show instead he's just yeah. a very very he, powerful good at healing surgeon guy he does have scalpel hands so that is super like you know that's extra but it's not like out of control you know it it feels limited in a way that as we've talked about on the show before placing limitations on powers makes things feel more creative and makes creative application feel more satisfying. Um, So he's got that. He is, he is a little bit enhanced strength, but I think not more than a regular human. He's just, he, he is able to get himself at mom, moving the car off their baby strength uh, by just regular. He's able to like regulate his body's responses I get the impression because he's a doctor and because that's where his mind is. And so when his powers awaken, he sort of naturally gloms on to this idea of like enhancing, enhancing the human body and interacting with the human body in in a unique way, utilizing psychic powers. And I think that's super cool. And, you know, it makes me excited to see what happens with semen. Yeah. And here's the other thing about him. He is going to not only infect uh, basically everybody with this disease that is going to be inside of this hospital, and including um, Keiko, who is only in this hospital in order to get infected. And uh, yeah, she just even came by to get happened. damseled real quick. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, she's not even really damseled, honestly, because... She's it, it's going to be like Genkai Keiko and Kuobara's sister that I can't remember her name. And they're going she's, to be she's Yeah, they're going to be running around the hospital, basically just fighting insects to show us that they can fight insects. Um, meanwhile, yeah. uh, we are going to get uh, Team B also just running around and also killing insects and trying to save yeah, each Karama. other. They figure out that something's going on at the hospital and they go to help, but none of them ever show up to help other than Karama, but only just like if he hadn't shown up to help, you could have gotten those characters out of that situation without him being there. But he does technically make a dramatic entry rescue, but it's it's pretty irrelevant. Um, yeah. It, yeah. But you know what's not irrelevant? And I, I I can't remember if this technically happens at the end of 73 or if it's in 74, but Yusuke and the doctor have this really sick fist fight. Oh yeah. It's and fantastic. It is so gorgeous. Like these episodes in general, the animation is very high. 
like not not at every moment but there are these action sequences in which like yusuke is chasing the doctor down the hallway and it looks incredible but they have this moment where they stop and they exchange blows and it's not exactly a fist fight because yusuke is trying to avoid the doctor's punches because it's not punches it's scalpel hands and you don't want to get jabbed and yusuke is trying to hit him and it is just this like you know strike and dodge ballet and the animation is so gorgeous and they even go off model with the doctor's face in a way that just adds so much like feeling and and mood to it and it is it is absolutely stunning like some of the best work i've seen in in hand-to-hand combat outside of cowboy bebop i would say <laughs> like yeah this is there, incredible there is also a a a moment which is one of my favorite things for sure which is there's a moment where he makes a strike at yusuke with the scalpel and misses Yusuke, and the scalpel cuts around the wall, and it like oh yeah, it, it is one of the like sickest animations of a a move set, and it's just like man, everything everything about this fight is just like I want every fight to be like this. Why can't every fight in Yu Show be like this? <laughs> yeah, it, oh, it's it's so good, and again, it's just like it's such a smart escalation. Of things because the other aspect of this is this guy's not a demon. Yusuke has been fighting demons this whole time. Uh, he used to fight people in the 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 schoolyard and he would beat him up, but he has never killed a person. And so one thing that he is grappling with, and that as you can see, the the villain team are explicitly watching to see what happens is. The doctor has all these terrible powers. He has revealed that he can lessen his pain receptor, so I don't have to pull my punches quite as much as I might normally. But he's also revealed that people around him are sick. Uh, Yusuke, I don't think, knows that Keiko has been infected at this point, but he does know that some of his other allies have been infected, as well as the entire hospital of innocent bystanders. And he, he has been told by the doctor that they will die. This is a consequence of the doctor's territory. And so I have to negate the doctor's territory. And I know that if I can knock him unconscious, it will be negated. But because of his abilities to enhance himself as as the doctor, I don't know that I can knock him unconscious. I think I'm going to have to kill him. But he is a human. He has sided with the demons, but he is not a demon. And so Yusuke is at this impasse where it's like, it's one thing to fight against you know, these demons who are, who are not human, who have a different sort of like ethos and sort of moral standing in, in the pantheon of living beings. And it's another thing to take out a human, even an evil one by your own hand. And Yusuke is really struggling with whether or not he is going to be able to do that. Uh, And he's feeling like he's being forced to do it and that he doesn't know if he can live with himself if he takes a human life. And so that adds extra tension into this fight, even though it wouldn't, it would be full of tension without that. But it, it even more on top of that is Yusuke not knowing if he can beat this guy because to beat him, he might be forced to kill him and he doesn't know if he can live with himself. Yeah, it's a, it's a very good fight. And it also, it's awesome. 
it's 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 good to the point where the doctor even tells him that he has altered his body state and so that he'll never go unconscious. So he he's going to actually deal with him. He's going to have to deal with him to death. And so uh, Yusuke is just like, I, I don't know what I'm going to do. I have to make a decision on this. And he basically pushes him to the point where he makes the decision that, yes, he is going to punch him basically to death. And so yeah. he he sends him out the window with a punch that is so strong it should break his neck and kill him. But before he dies on the ground, Ginkai is going to save his life with her spirit wave. And the only reason that she did this was because she was like, I, I you shouldn't have to go through life knowing that you have killed this person and it's it's not worth it. And so but, but specifically also we don't have time for you to be in your feelings about this. The yeah. situation is too dire for you to have an existential crisis right now. Yeah. But yeah, it, this was something interesting when I was writing down the notes, the uh, Wikipedia, I think was where I was pulling the notes from. Although I was also looking at the Yu Yu Hakusho wiki. So I may have been getting, been getting my wires crossed here, but the notes seem to indicate that Yusuke wins because he knocks the doctor unconscious and out of his territory. And I don't think that's true based on what I saw. I think Yusuke kills him. And then Genkai uses her spiritual powers to bring him back. He basically like causes the doctor to flatline and then Genkai revives him using special magic. Also, and- <laughs> also hold on. There's also going to be a scene after this, which is crazy, where he's just sitting and in, like, being interrogated by police and I'm like, oh, wait, <laughs> you're telling me that after all this, they were just like, let's put him in a normal cell because that <laughs> will deal with him. And I'm like, he has psychic, na- unnatural powers. Putting him inside of a cell is not going to do shit. What are you doing? <laughs> yeah. It's, unless, uh, unless, unless Genkai like straight up avatared him, where like she removed all oh, his yeah. ability with like psychic abilities. That's the only thing you that are I could vegan think. now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this was just this was so good. Like I said, the these last two episodes felt like a horror movie. I wasn't sure that they were going to be able to cash this check of well, the powers aren't bigger; they're just different, and they absolutely are. Everything has been so good so far. This has probably been my favorite that Yu Yu Hakusho has been. And the Dark Tournament was great, but this is just so good. I'm having a blast. And I honestly, I just can't wait to get my fill of semen. Oh my God. Anyways, stick with us after these <laughs> credits and we'll talk about what's coming on next week. Blake and Spencer Get Jumped is made by Forever Summer Productions and presented as part of the Geekly Grind Podcast Network. Sound editing is done by Rashad English. He's our level 13 sound wizard. 13? Did he jump even more levels? He gained a lot of experience by defeating the Dark Lord of Smooth Jazz. Do you mean Chuck Mangione from King of the Hill? Rashad is the King of the Hill now. Damn it, Bobby. Anyway, our podcast is ad-free, and if you want to keep it that way, please consider supporting us on Patreon. Follow us on Twitter at B&S Get Jumped. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Blake and Spencer Get Jumped. Or talk to us on Reddit at reddit.com slash r slash getjumped. Also, we have a Discord server. You can find the links to that on all of our social media platforms. If you like the show, please like, subscribe, and leave a review. Reviews help other listeners find our show. 
New review episodes come out every Monday, and new rewatch episodes appear every Friday. And hey, thanks for listening. Hello, my name is Jeremy Snow, owner and editor-in-chief of The Geekly Grind. We interrupt your awesome, regularly scheduled programming to ensure you're aware of the Geekly Grind podcast network, of which this show is a treasured member of. If you haven't had a chance to check out our site, you can do so at thegeeklygrind.com, and while you're there, take a look at the other members of our steadily growing podcast family, including the anime-centric Blake and Spencer Get Jumped, discovering new heroes on comic book keepers with Chris and Lance, exploring the vast universe of geekdom with Geeksploration, or appreciating animation's finer details with JD's Ink and Paint Club. Escape your weekly grind at the Geekly Grind. Next time on Blake and Spencer Get Jumped, we're watching Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, episodes 27 through 30. Where we're gonna do a flashback. Doodlo, 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 doodlo.